Good morning! Speak, friend, and enter the Bag End Book Club. I'm Nora. I'm joined by M. Hi! We have a Darth of uh, co-hosts today. It's just the two of us. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, Autumn's working, right? Yep. And Jackson's asleep. Jackson drank the Ent water. Sometimes having a British coast means they get on British time and are useless for like a week until it slips <laughs> back to American time. But uh, you know who else is having a nice little sleep? Who's that? Gandalf. And he sleeps weird. I wouldn't say he's having a, a, a good sleep. He's probably having a fitful sleep. <laughs> hmm. Do you think wizards generally sleep well? Um... Yes, but I think given the situation, Gandalf sleeps very poorly. I think if you told me that part of being a wizard is like you never stop pondering even when you're sleeping, I'd probably believe it. They they got a lot going on. I, while I, if you told me that like by nature that's true, I'd believe you. But if you, I think Gandalf specifically would have learned the appreciation of a nap and a good sleep. That's true. That's probably a but, lesson he's taught several times as well. Yeah, but such things are beyond him at this moment, because uh, shit's going down. There's an evil marble. There is an evil marble. Um, so we read... I can do this from... I can remember. I can remember them. We read uh, The Voice of Saruman and mm -hmm. The Palantir. Yeah. Both of which are featured prominently in both of these chapters, I think. That's true. Um, so, they ride up to Orthanc. Mm -hmm. And we see that there's only a tiny little amount of battle damage on the tower itself because of how mm -hmm. strong the magic is. Um, compared to like the desolation around it. And we come calling with Gandalf, Theoden, Eomer, the Hobbits, I assume the whole Boromir squad. I don't remember if Legolas what? or Gimli actually said anything or did anything. Oh, they do. Because Gimli's weirdly the only person who seemingly is like totally unaffected by the voice of Saruman, which I think is cool. Huh. Um, Him and Gandalf, I guess. That's true. Maybe it's... um. Maybe he was like, well, I already had dwarves get weird over a compulsion in the last book, so not this time. <laughs> I just, I like the idea that Gimli's, maybe this is just a dwarven thing, it just has like a fair appraisal of situation as like their natural state when they're not being overly suspicious. Just mm -hmm. understands when someone is giving them a bad deal, which is what Saruman only has at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, And I think a couple of other unnamed horsemen are with them as well i could be wrong about that but that's not really yeah there are because there's a bit where they talk about like all these lesser riders were like how how dare gandalf speak to our king that way right. when saruman's so nice to him <laughs> they roll up on the tower and they're like knock knock um and i think worm tongue says something at first but then yes. he goes and gets saruman they talk, Saruman. <laughs> they just they talk for a little while, and Saruman says basically, "Hey, we can still work this out. We can be friends. Why don't you come up into my tower, Gandalf? We're like 
way beyond what these other peons are about. We're wizards. We're wise. We're is do we not have a friendship that goes back so long? And then Gandalf's like, actually, last time I was here, you imprisoned me, and I didn't forget that. Also, check out my new title. I'm Gandalf the White now, and you are, you know, nothing. Under uh, arrest. <laughs> you're you're under house arrest. Uh, we're revoking your wizard library card and uh, taking away your staff. It His staff explodes. Uh, it doesn't really explode. It's split asunder or whatever. But the head of it falls down out of the tower and... Uh, he like can he in this scene he also like compels Saruman to like come back and speak when he's he says I'm not done talking to you and he like sort of forces him to come back and address him and after all this Wormtongue as uh, Saruman is going back into the into the tower Wormtongue throws something down at Gandalf which is uh, a weird orb uh, and Saruman is now. Stuck with him in this tower, surrounded by Ents, and they are going to keep watch on him, because he did not uh, choose to give up his schemes or his ties to Mordor, uh, and instead is going to turn, like try and find some new scheme to get out of this situation. But he's, you know, his status has been revoked, and he's a shadow of what he used to be, and uh, that is also apparent in the way that his voice changes throughout this chapter. Um, and that's it. That's all we see of Saruman. And uh, then they uh, that night, Pippin is the one who picks up the orb and uh, is like, oh, this is weird. And then Gandalf takes it away. He's like, no, thank you, but I should uh, take this. It's important that I have this, not you. And then Pippin is just stuck wanting to look at Orb for a couple hours. And he can't sleep because he's thinking about Orb. And so he sneaks over to get a rock and replaces the Orb in Gandalf's arms with a rock while he's sleeping. And then he goes outside and he looks at Orb and immediately passes out. And when they sort of... He screams and passes out. And then when they revive him and they put the Orb away... It is revealed that Pippin accidentally made contact with Sauron, who uh, believed that Pippin was, like, just being made to look into the orb as punishment by Saruman, and uh, told him like a, a small message to give to Saruman, and did not, like, really dig into him as he could have. Uh, and because of this... Uh, there are a couple things that are still held secret from Sauron because he didn't realize that the orb was not in Orthanc anymore. And so Gandalf takes Pippin and rides off to Minas Tirith on Shadowfax, leaving everyone else behind. Um, and uh, Pippin falls asleep on the horse. That's true. I think that's everything that happened. They leave the Palantir with Aragorn. I don't think you said right. that. Right. Because they were originally Gondorian. 
Yeah, so the Palantir, the Palantir were built out of time immemorial from across the sea. So, you know, we'll get there someday. Um, and go, we're, we're, the kings of men on Middle Earth use them for long distance communication because they're basically like they're the crystal balls of like, fortune telling right but tolkien's mm. not happy with that um and instead just establishes them as like long distance communication devices um throughout the kingdoms of men because you're like how did how did the kingdom of the north and gondor communicate they're like a thousand miles apart and the answer is one of these um and there was like a master stone uh that was in osgiliath which uh last we heard is the city that is uh under siege if not completely destroyed in between mordor and gondor on the river um We'll find out more about that a little later, I guess. But um, uh, they all communicate with each other. But it's like, not only do you see stuff in there, it seems like almost like you connect to another's will if two people are using it at the same time. Uh, it definitely seems more menacing than just you're talking to someone. Yeah, and I don't know how much of that like avenue of influence is specifically because of the nature of the stone, or if that's just like a thing Sauron is capable of with other people. Probably both would be my guess. Um, but yeah, the, most of the stones were considered lost. And then uh, Gandalf like surmises one of them must have fallen into Sauron's clutches. And Saruman just using this to like perceive things, right? To learn. This is, this is how Saruman was gathering all his information for hundreds of years, right? He just yeah. had one of these and was peering over the lands and learning things that, you know, he was an information guy. Um, and... Uh, accidentally looked too far and um, connected with Sauron and uh, explains a lot about how things went really poorly with him. Yeah. He, he answered an unmarked call and yes, boom, Sauron. Uh, the thing I like about this specifically is um, Gandalf always couches Sauron as like just this overwhelming power when he talks to Pippin. It's like, you know, Pippin is struck dumb. That's how powerful Sauron is, basically. Just like, even like, turning his attention towards Pippin would do that. Um, but seemingly with Sauron, he was like, just gave him enough, like, rope to hang himself with. Like, Sauron, like, Saruman had decided, oh, I could be as tough as this guy. He's not, he's not all that. <laughs> like, the idea that, that Sauron comes in whatever guise would be the most, like, deleterious to you is, is interesting. I like that. Because if he was just like a big armor, like, fire eyeball guy, right? Um, whatever Pippin saw, um, I don't think Saruman would have been like, oh, I'm going to set myself up against this guy and it'll be a battle of wills. Who will be the most cunning? Um, Probably much more that Sauron fed him weird, bad information in like an allyship for ages, and then slowly uh, Sauron decided he could go off on his own. You would assume. We never. Mm -hmm. I don't think we ever find out. This is just my reading on this. I mean, Sauron is known for prettying himself up and giving nice lies to everyone. So yes, uh, that's not inconceivable. Mm. It's just interesting. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, especially as, against someone who has such a strong perception of his own wisdom and capability as Saruman. Mm -hmm. Like, if you set up yourself as like, I'm just like you, but I'm like 110%. That is like candy to Saruman. Yes. He's like, oh, that's just a little bit more than me? Oh, I can do that. <laughs> um... The thing I was going to say is, uh, so much of this is like, 
this is just kind of throughout Tolkien, but like objects of mastery um, are just inherently suspicious. Like not that they are evil in themselves, like the rings were originally good. The Palantir were useful, but those things so easily like draw in people who will use them to evil ends. And then once they're corrupted, they're not trustworthy, right? Like he's again, it's like, thank God Pippin looked in. Cause if I looked in, we'd all be fucked. Like he would have known it was me. He would have seen what we were doing. I would have fallen under a spell. Cause he would have paid way more attention to me than he did Pippin. Um, it would have been bad. Um, but this was this is like a useful tool that they would have had otherwise if they had not known that Sauron was on the other end. Um, and that's like, I wouldn't say it's, Tolkien has like an anti-technology streak throughout his work that like makes sense if you're alive during the beginning of, you know, mechanized warfare and fought through it mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, but it is like, those things are not necessarily evil in and of themselves. Like, like I said, the rings and the plants are not evil, but like they so easily become corrupted in like, poison pills that you use at great peril i think that's interesting yeah um i think like even the antagonistic forces that are explicitly not like or explicitly in opposition to the technological aspects of like the orcs and stuff things Mm -hmm. like old man willow or um some of the the more feral trees are like not sinister. Like Old Man Willow's an asshole, but he's not like evil. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh Treebeard promises to watch Saruman until I think it's seven times the years that he tormented us or something like that. Yes. Um, just thinking about like this wizard stuck in this tower surrounded by pissed off trees. Uh, yeah, though <laughs> the amount Treebeard promises things are going to be fine is uh, a little um, suspect to me. I mean, I know what happens, I guess. So I'm yeah. like, you know. Um, I mean, Gandalf get- is, it says like, hey, you... Maybe you should flood it again. Um, yes. Love your love your work, but there's probably tunnels and stuff. Yeah, like flood it until the water doesn't rush out anymore, until it's standing water here. Uh, we'll see if that is a thing that they do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love the idea that... Um, Wormtongue just was like angry, pissed off, wanted to throw a thing. And the only thing he could think of was the giant, shiny, menacing orb <laughs> sitting on like a nearby table. Not like a book, not like some like tea, it, nothing. No, not like a, a flaming branch from a fire inside of Orthanc. No, the, the, the big crystal orb. Well, there's nothing else in there with that much heft. Yeah, maybe. But th- I do. This is like. The value of the Palantir is such that it's just like, I'm just thinking about somebody getting really mad and throwing out their big fancy 4K TV at somebody. Yes. <sighs> he doesn't know. He's not a wizard. No, he's an idiot. He's a fool. Uh, and uh, I mean, I guess we don't like <laughs> something bad happens to him the minute that uh, Saruman finds out because like they hear his screams from inside the tower. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Gandalf's like, yeah, they deserve each other. <laughs> yep. Um, there's just a lot of wizardy talk in this one. And like, the 
mainly because this is the only, I think, the second time we've seen two people who are of this type of person interact with each other. And it is the yeah. same, too. Uh, but it is kind of interesting to think about the ways that they think about the world and the way that mm. Saruman sees him and his, like... Like, what is the purpose of the order of wizards that Saruman was a part of? And Saruman has an answer. And it seems to be a little different from everyone else's. Uh, we're not going to see the others, but, you know. Yeah, the question of whether there is an answer is, like, nebulous, right? Like, they're here, and they like they, they, wa- they oversee, and they meddle. I guess they more, like oversee implies too much guidance they are like witness to what is happening and sometimes they meddle and that's about it <laughs> the the two that don't that i don't even know the names of i have no idea what they're off doing oh the blue wizards yeah, yeah we never find out they went far to the east and the south and were never seen again as i think literally what we are told about them well good luck to them i hope yes. they find many safer orbs to ponder they are uh they are getting hit by enemy magics than learning them yeah, or uh, um, creature abilities. Yes. <laughs> They're just lying dead in the middle of the road. <laughs> um, yeah, no, because uh, Saruman only understands things through the lens of how they can be utilized as tools to, like, aggrandize himself. Whereas Gandalf literally says, like, I, I'm not a, I don't want mastery. Like, there's nothing interesting to me about being in charge of anything um which has been what he's saying all along but uh continues to like hold true to that um Mm -hmm. and be the example everyone needs to not be like that other than like theoden and aragorn i guess who really should step up and be like that a little more but in good (laughs) ways not bad ways aomer is the one who gives the first speech to rebuff saruman yes Uh, and it goes on it's like three paragraphs Mm. he's got a lot in him, and then that is like the moment that Theoden also joins in. Yes, um, I had not remembered that they were even here because it's been so long since I read this. But uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, other I mean, than other than Saruman, they're like the most aggrieved people here. Like considering Saruman basically, like you know, ruined the last couple years of Theoden's rule over Rohan. Mm-hmm. And all the people that they killed in Helm's Deep and yes. environs around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone else is writing for Helm's Deep at the end of this, not uh, which is good. I'm excited for that. But uh, this is our end of our time with these characters for a hot minute. Yeah, for a while. Uh, for three episodes, probably. Yeah, we're going Hobbit mode next week. We are going Hobbit mode in in so many weird ways. <laughs> um, how, my, how going, many chapters are we reading next time? That's a good question. We have so ne- the next book is f- ten chapters long, oh. so we have to divide it up into three, three, four. But that four could go anywhere. I kind of want to do it immediately and get it out of the way, but okay, I will leave yeah. that. To, yeah, okay. I mean, no one's here but me to vote against that. Yeah, so, no, yeah, that's sure. Fair. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, one of those will be like a long week, but I'd rather be in the setup where all the stuff that's happening is happening before we get to like dramatic moments. Um, 
I remember these first four chapters being a lot of like, we're climbing on some rocks. It's hard out here. Uh huh. It is. So we might, we might as well blow past it. Uh, yeah. Then we'll we'll have more time to soak in the marshes and ponder uh, a spider. Ponder a spider. Exactly. Or 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 get ready to ponder a spider and then wait for a long time before pondering the spider. No, we will ponder a spider. I thought the spider was in the third book. No. No, no, no. It, it's in the third movie. It's, it's in the second uh, book. See, they did it again. Peter? Yep. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> um, it may, the structure makes sense once you've read book six and realize yes. that book six is like all of the... You know, it's the long denouement. There's like three Frodo chapters before like the story ends and then the epilogue basically begins. Yeah. Yeah, there's not. Anyway. Um, any, this is, I knew this was going to be a breezy episode. Um, I don't have that much more to say. No, no, neither do I. They're good. They're very good. Um, I love Gandalf. Uh, whenever he just gets a chance to like speech make and be cool, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, I'm just double checking real quick to see if we got any book one email. Oh, right. I don't I forgot think we, we did, but I we, we don't really solicit them. Is It's probably yeah, on us a little bit. That's true. No, it looks like the last one we got was uh, that Saruman playing card. But, okay. Yeah. Um, if you do want to send us emails, of course, that is exportaudiopodcast at gmail.com. Uh, put bag end in the subject and we'll read your question and answer it with as much wisdom as befits our station. Yes, that's true. It's the best we can do, honestly. <laughs> uh M, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being, and you can check out all of my podcasts at abnormalmapping.com. There's a bunch of them. You should listen to uh, Reptory Screenings, our movie podcast. Uh, we're about to do an episode. Actually, it'll be out by now. Um, there's an episode on, on Hero, uh, the 2002 film. That's fucking incredible. So oh, yeah. please listen to that. I've actually seen that one. It's not very often that you do a movie on that one, that show that I've seen already. It's a good movie. It is a good movie. Watched it last night. Had a great time. You can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora. Find stuff that I've done at NoraBlake.online. This podcast is on the Export Audio Podcast Network. You would have gotten it a week earlier if you were a patron of ours at Patreon.com slash ExportAudio or ExportAudd.io. Um... You might be listening to this on Patreon and thinking, well, I'm already a patron. What are you What are you going to sell to me? Well, if you're a $5 patron, you'll get access to Pop Town Funk, uh, a podcast about Funko Pops. It's not about Funko Pops. We roll a random Funko Pop. We watch a movie that it's from or whatever. It's been movies so far, but the next one we're going to do is going to be watching... Season eleven, episode four of Supernatural. Because we this is this is the this is when this show the show is getting exciting to me because <laughs> I think it's a great idea specifically for this where you don't you're not going to do a Supernatural podcast. Do you even know anything about Supernatural? I assume you don't, but I Here's guess what I, don't I know, know about Supernatural. Yeah, there's twins. 
Okay. Or at least brothers. One mm-hmm. of them is named Dean, but it's not the one who's named Dean in Gilmore Girls. Okay. The other one, I think, is named Sam. Mm-hmm. They meet a fake Carl Irvin angel <laughs> yes. at some point who is in love with Dean. Uh-huh. Uh, they fight monsters. They have a Full Metal Alchemist backstory. And uh, I think they k- kill the devil. Okay. But like in season three. Sure. And it's uh, like 15 seasons. Yeah. The, yeah. I I just like the part where Poptown Funk spirals out into jumping into TV shows you don't know, but watching the episodes that just come across and seem most relevant is just delightful to me. Like it's not a, t- a ton of extra work. It's not a huge project. It's just like, we're going to, we're going to tour us through all of American pop culture. Uh, and that's incredible. That's so much more exciting than like, I mean, death, the death cap episode's great. Don't get me wrong. Really enjoyed it. But, <laughs> um, getting into random TV shows you've never watched is so much more interesting to me. I'm so surprised I've never just watched the pilot episode of Supernatural. It seems like something I'd give one day to and then move on from. And I don't, I don't know anything. As, Supernatural as seems, <laughs> yeah, it seems like a show I would have watched like seven seasons of on Netflix, like in 2011. It just didn't. Yeah. Uh, at that point I was doing burn notice, not Supernatural. So uh, I watched, I watched three seasons of Warehouse 13 instead. That's, that's where I went. Um, it was fine. I enjoyed it. Just last week, I put on the Librarian movie, and Autumn said, this is an incel movie for incels. <laughs> I don't know what the Librarian movie is. I think it was a TNT TV movie. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, I think this podcast is over. Sure. Uh, Read for Ruin and the Red Dawn. <laughs> <laughs>